Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Yet. I'm Katie Gossett. And when your baby arrives, if you have nothing else sorted, at least make sure you've got some nappies, maybe some bibs, because babies make a bit of mess, and as they get older, that's not going to change. The bane of our existence. <laughs> Look, she, uh, I'm, oh, she's terrible. She can be terrible sometimes in terms of her room. Part of me wants to tidy it all up all the time. The other part understands that the children actually really enjoy it. You can't find anything in it, and then she'll come and ask you for where's this and that. You know, he has specific cleaning jobs and stuff that he has to do around the house, and some weeks he'll do them without prompting, and other weeks you're just on him, nag, nag, nag. So in this episode, we bring you tidiness. It seems like you're either a tidy person or you're not. I'm not, okay? I collect too much clutter. And yet, it drives me crazy when my children do the same. So imagine how frustrating it would be if you're actually a tidy parent. It's tricky as a mum because I'm a very tidy person and I do struggle with untidiness. So I'm trying to instil in my children to look after their environment so that it's clean and healthy for them. But sometimes, obviously, they're children and so there will be mess. When I look at my house, my level of tidy now compared to what it was pre-children is quite different. Um, so if I can walk around on the floor, that's quite tidy. So that's quite good. And speaking of changing expectations... Now it's time to tidy up. No matter if they're the despair of their mothers at home, here for a few minutes at least they've become paragons of neatness and willingness. There are certainly no paragons of neatness in my household, and I think that probably back in the day standards were higher. And yet tidiness is still important to most of us. If we think about the function of tidiness, tidiness is about being organised, being able to find things when you need them, you know, being able to put things away. Often it's about respect for property. Catherine Gallagher, a clinical psychologist. You know that, in fact, if I've folded up the clothes and they need to go in the drawers, you know, it's about treating your room well, it's about treating the house well. So there's lots of actually really important life lessons there that we're wanting to support our kids around learning. And yet it seems to be a hard lesson to learn. Maybe that's because there are quite a range of different reasons why children are untidy. Number one. For some kids, things being a mess, well, it just doesn't bother them. And the idea that life could be easier if my room was in a tip or I could find things when I needed them just does not register. For other kids, it's a compliance issue. Tidiness might be just one of the many battles that they have with parents on a daily basis. In other cases, the children are probably hoping their parents will end up doing the dirty work themselves. They may know that although there's a lot of noise and threat, mum or dad will eventually find it intolerable to have a messy room and will clean it out if I wait long enough. Sometimes parents can worry so much about tidiness that their standards are not actually realistic and impossible to keep up with. So if it's impossible to keep up with, why would I even try? And then you've got anxiety. So typically this can be associated with being over-tidy, which even though in this conversation parents might go, woohoo, imagine that being a problem. I don't think so. 
But in fact, if, if tidiness is such an issue that even something being moved minutely is going to cause a meltdown, then you can see how it can actually be problematic. Um, anything that sounds too good to be true can sometimes have its own problems. Some anxieties can also mean that children find it really hard to throw things out. So creating a mess that makes no sense to anybody else but to them. So again, I might have a hard time throwing out wrappers, but if someone removes one of those wrappers, then actually that makes my world feel pretty chaotic. So when it comes to why kids are messy, there's really no one reason that fits all. And even within families, there can be wildly different approaches to tidiness. I know my sister and I are quite different, and we were probably the same as children. One's messy, one was tidy. That's just how we are. So which are you? I take it you're the tidy one? Yeah, I'm a bit the tidy one. The eldest is quite haphazard about tidiness. It doesn't seem to phase her, but um, the middle one is such a clean freak. I mean, she loves cleaning. She actually loves cleaning. Yeah, she's fanatical about it. So I kind of look at her and go, where did you come from? My nieces were the same. They shared the same room. One, one side was spotless, the other side was just making. So there's definitely nature in the mix. Some people are just tidier than others. But the way we bring up our children is part of it too. Nature absolutely plays a, a part, but so does nurture. I think that if in your home tidiness is really valued and um, you know things out of place um, don't feel right and certainly are reacted to, then that's going to potentially be how you do life. Um, of course, some kids are going to rebel against that and the idea that, that everything else is tidy, my room might be my haven, you know, where in actual fact I like things out of place, especially if it gets up mum's nose. You know, so again, there can be lots of factors that are going to be at play there. So let's focus on what we can actually influence, the nurture side of things. So we can model good behaviour, or not in my case, but we forget sometimes that we might also need to spell things out for our children because tidying, like anything else, is a skill that actually needs to be learnt. We can assume kids have skills that sometimes they don't have or they don't have consistently. Because tidying, if you think about the layers to that, you know, it involves motivation, but it also involves, you know, folding things up. It might also involve organising, you know, where do things go and what needs to happen. And we can just assume that they'll know what tidy it up means. Whereas, in fact, if there's 25 things that need to be tidied, where do I start? What do I need to do? And again, we can feel overwhelmed and just sit down and that's too hard and I'll just wait. So... A good assumption to make is actually the child might need some scaffolding around how to actually do this. And for a parent to take that stance as opposed to immediately seeing the child's lack of action as a compliance issue and then being naughty can mean you actually go towards the issue in a, in a calmer way, and that's helpful. And sometimes our kids might actually have the tidying skills, but we haven't actually been clear about what we want and, and what time frame. If you do say, you know, I want the room tidied or I want this part done, be explicit about your expectations because sometimes what we do is just go, oh, look, tidy up in there and I'll be back. AKA what we actually mean is put absolutely everything away and I'll be back in 10 minutes and I'll expect you have done it. We didn't actually say that, you know, and when we come back in 10 minutes and they're still playing the game, then we rev up to think, well, actually, didn't I just tell you to tidy your room? So, again, as a parent, take a big, deep breath be explicit about what you want and what's going to happen if that works well and if it doesn't work well 
and then enact that. And sometimes we might need to lend a hand to get them started. So again, for parents to go, hey, look, I can see we've got ourselves in a bit of a state here. Actually, you pick the job you least want to do or pick one job out of that list and I'll do it with you and then that'll kick you off and off you get started. And then part of being really clear with children is helping them understand what the consequences are going to be if they don't clean up or they don't look after their belongings. So if you want to have good things, nice things, expensive things, actually you need to treat them well. And this is actually what treating them well looks like. So it's about putting them away, or if you want to get something else out, you put that other thing away first. So some of these patterns of behaviour, you know, can be reinforced from, from day dot, not from a, I'm telling you what to do, but there is a rule, and here's the reason for the rule. And then that's just how we expect things to be done. And if they're not done in that way, then in fact those good things get put away in the cupboard. I'd like to move on to the time between five and seven and um, the frustrations and the tensions that arise then. One of these, of course, is the business of cleaning up, tidying up after playing. Are children more at home amidst the jumble of all the playthings? Or do they prefer some sort of order? One thing I've discovered is that I don't think children really enjoy complete chaos. I think they like their toys set out and not too cluttered. Can you remember what your routine was when the kids were younger? <laughs> A fair bit of grumbling, I think. Um, <laughs> yes, it definitely goes better if you say do it with me uh, than, uh, yes, get on with it yourself. That was three and under, a panel discussion back in the 1970s. But, of course, today's children are just as keen for their parents to chip in and help with the clean-up. We often have races, so who can put their toys away the fastest or let's put all the Lego back in the box OK, have a race, on your marks, get set, go. And we're being really fast and talking fast and the kids get right on board with that. And we need to let them do that and get involved in the process, even if they don't do it quite as well or as fast as we'd like. Most of the time when we're cleaning up, it's more that I'm in a rush or you know, and I can do it quicker. I think that we just do way too much and we need to let her do it more. So... One of these these journeys, or the, of the many journeys that parents and kids are going to take, is how do we hand over increasing bits of responsibility to the child um, and step away? This is where it gets difficult, though, because if we hand over responsibility, the child just might not do it as well as we would. So sometimes that can be where that's the rub, is actually the child is making their bed, but it's not as good as we would do it. And so that's where, as a parent, we need to go... Ugh. You know, is the energy it's going to take putting into the child making the bed as well as I would worth the battle? Or in fact, have they made it well enough? So there's a danger here that have we in fact made it all about us? Have we set expectations for our children that are actually fair and achievable? Being realistic about what standard you're aiming for can be really important because if your standard is perfection, most kids aren't going to get there. And so you may be having unnecessary battles and part of this job might be about you becoming more realistic in your expectations. I think at every age and stage they can do a little bit. I don't think like a four-year-old will be able to dust and lux their room and, and do that really, really thoroughly, but they can do other things. They can put their washing in the washing basket, they can tidy up their toys. Like chores are really good because it becomes a routine for them, so they just keep on doing it. But then sometimes their parents just do it themselves because <laughs> it's quicker. <laughs> And it's, and it's easier. You don't have to argue. I mean, our daughter's only 12, so I'm not too sure what's going to happen when she's a teenager. <laughs> it might be like, boom. 
Who knows? Might be better. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. some clear rules, I at least am hoping that I won't still be tidying up after my children when they're 30. Get general compliance sorted. In other words, be clear about expectations, drop the drama, make it their problem and follow through. And please don't forget that you always have the option to close the door. And there you have it. Last resort, close the door. I know I've done that before, although my bedroom, not my children's. Well, that's the show. Are We There Yet is produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett, and Alex Harmer mixed in the music. Tim Watkin is our executive producer, and the historical audio comes from Nga Taonga Sound and Vision and Archives New Zealand. Go to Apple Podcasts if you'd like to hear more episodes of Are We There Yet, or have a look at our podcast page at rnz.co.nz. And you can also check out some of our other offerings, like Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower, in which comedian James Norkise talks to well-known New Zealanders about happiness and mental health. As for Are We There Yet, we'll be back soon with another season. And if you have any thoughts or would like me to cover an issue, email me at arewetheryet, or one word, at radionz.co.nz. 